0: My friends, Kayla here. Just wanted to pop in before the ep to issue a trigger warning. This movie deals with abortion and sexual harassment, and our guest and I share some of our personal experiences with both. Um, I think that we have some really good conversations around these topics, um, so I hope you'll listen, but if you can't, then that's okay too. Thanks. Enjoy the ep. To screen Vomit, a movie podcast for normal people.
1: Yeah, baby. And by
0: normal, we mean queers, leftists, and freaks of all kinds. Yes.
1: Okay. Damn it. You had me at the beginning.
0: And here I am, Kayla, your host. And uh, as you've heard, is my co host, Kali.
1: Hey, babies.
0: And screaming a moment ago. <laughs> Our very special guest. <laughs> hi. On, oh, that is a minute. Is it a baby? Oh, yeah. Don't say hi yet. Uh, it could be a baby, um, but it is a baby with a uh, <laughs> book that she wrote called ah. Your Invitation to a Modest Breakfast. She also created a TV show called Choose Me, an Abortion Story, which is out now on OTV. Hell yeah. And... That would be my pal, our only first returning guest to the pod, <gasps> Hannah Gamble.
2: Hi.
1: Welcome back.
2: <laughs> Thank you. It's been like a
1: year, huh?
2: Yeah. I think it has been like but a over
1: year. Over a year. Over a year for sure. Hannah was
0: on episode five, yeah. and I think this is like episode 42 or something like that.
1: Yeah. So, uh
0: So yeah. Yay. Yay.
2: Uh,
1: yeah, we did Wild Nights with Emily with you, and that movie uh, ripped. Hell yeah! Yeah,
2: I loved that movie, and like, still, almost nobody I've talked to has seen it. And no. I always tell no. them they should. Yeah. I'm like Molly Shannon. Do people not love her as much as I do? I love her. I, I think every, her.
1: everyone fucking loves her.
2: We just I talked about really her. In love her
1: because like, oh. Superstar was transcendent. Yeah. Sure. I mean
0: everything she does is transcendent, really.
1: Totally. Yeah. Anyway, Molly Shannon was not in this movie.
0: No. But my pal Hannah here is uh some would say an expert on at least two topics. One of them <laughs> being poetry, which is why we had her on for Wild Nights with Emily, and the other would be abortions. <laughs>
2: yes. But I am an expert on my own abortion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I know all about it, <laughs> except for the parts I was asleep for, which was the actual procedure. But, yeah. yep, the rest everything else, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about it. Oh, yeah. So
0: that's why, well, that's one of the reasons why we invited Hannah to be on this episode where we dis- we're discussing the 2020 film Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. <sighs> and I'm so excited to... Talk about this dang film. So, um, I'm going to run through the cast real quick. First, we have, well, it's directed by Eliza Hitman, who mm. has only done a couple of indies, but I thought the Indiana friends would like this one that uh, she went to IU and lived in Bloomington for four years.
1: Who, who, who? Who's so, yours?
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh,
1: man, fuck IU.
0: Indiana never gets a friggin' bone, so there's one. Um, okay, so we have in the movie, actually. Sharon Von Enten, who plays the mom. Uh, She's from the OA. She's also a singer-songwriter. The only two songs in this movie, actually, uh, are her songs, which is cool. Ryan Eggold, who plays the stepdad, is in Black Klansman. And he was also in 90210. Theodore Pellerin is from boy erased he's also in the oa the two main stars aren't really in anything else talia Ryder uh was on broadway so she wasn't really in anything else film wise and sydney flanagan has this is their first thing are they a non-binary person they are (gasps) (gasps) non-binary okay so can i just go off about sydney flanagan for a sec because um i just learned some stuff about them and they are our people, okay? So here's the thing. First of uh-huh. all, they're non-binary, okay, already, rocks. Love Check. It. Then second of all, they're a DIY musician, rocker. Hello. Um, also, you can find their music uh, under Sid the Kid on Spotify. They ran a house venue. Check. Okay, so cool. They <laughs> call themselves an extreme leftist, okay, Check. rocks. And I think that the the story of how the director met this person is so fun so i just like to tell y'all that story real fast yes (laughs) so because they were not an actor they were just a musician from buffalo and um the director's partner was filming a documentary in buffalo called buffalo juggalos and uh Sydney was dating a juggalo at the time. Oh, my oh,
3: God. Like I
0: love this so much. <laughs> and they were they were like 14, which same. <laughs> uh-huh. Also dated a juggalo when I was 14. What? I know. It's terrible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it, that's only the first level. Juggalos rock.
2: I'm pro-juggalo now because <laughs> of the guy who has a kid who's a furry. Oh, Yeah. And
0: he, like, bought a furry costume to match with them or something? Yeah, Yeah. and they make these cute
1: videos together, yeah.
0: I actually watched, uh, I rented the documentary Buffalo
1: Juggalos last night. Oh, my God. Have you ever... I think it's called American Juggalo.
0: Um, I believe that I saw a YouTube clip from it last night when I tried to stream what I thought was Buffalo (laughs) Juggalos illegally off of YouTube. And it actually was just a extreme playlist of random Juggalo (laughs) videos.
1: That rocks. TBH, that's what you should have watched.
0: But it was like $4 and it's only a 30 minute documentary. But it's not even, it's more like an art film. There's no talking at all. It just... It's long shots of uh, different juggalos like doing. It says they're doing their favorite thing. So for each like set of juggalos, like a a different thing. Yeah. There's like two lady juggalos with their kids, and they're like pushing their kid juggalos. Also, everybody's in face paint in the whole thing Uh, on the swings for a while. Or there's like uh, a dude eating out his girlfriend for a while to the point that all of his face paint comes off on her legs. Incredible. I think she still has underwear on. I think it's hard to tell actually because it's kind of dark. I th- it's just for the scene. There's a dude like just opening a refrigerator that's loaded to the brim with FAGO and shutting it for a long time. He's just standing there opening the refrigerator and shutting it and opening it and shutting it. Yeah. There's, uh, there's one dude who like breaks a window of a car and steals something and runs off and gets in a getaway car. <laughs> there's just all kinds of
1: like incredible. <laughs>
0: yeah, anyway. Um- it was interesting. It's yeah. definitely an art film. Uh, how did we get here? Oh, yeah. We were talking about Plan Flanagan. I guess that was mainly the main stuff. I just think that they're really cool. So the director met them that way like six years ago. And when it came time for casting, the director saw over 100 people and then still was just thinking about this one person and was like, we need to call this person and see if they'll do it. And uh, they did. They beat out 100 people for the Damn. role.
3: That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was so sick. So anyway, uh, Kali, what's our critic scores?
1: Cricket scores are looking good. We got uh, Rotting Tomatoes, a rare 99%. Woo! And I'm sure the 1% missing is that dude. Hey, fuck
0: the 1% in my opinion. Hey, you
1: ain't wrong. Metacritic, (laughs) we got 91%. Uh, So just like just trying to be, you know, a little weird. And then our wild card of Google users is 72 which
0: I can't believe the Google users on it this It makes one. sense
1: cuz metacritic and rotten tomatoes those are actual critics Google users who knows how many fucking christians got in on this
2: Oh, you know what? Yeah. That's what I was thinking is that it totally because I like come from a very conservative Christian background in Mm -hmm. Tennessee and I could totally like I remember like youth pastors like from the pulpit being like, don't buy this kind of lotion anymore because the person who manufactures it, you know, supports gay marriage and the mm-hmm. destruction of the American family and so on so it totally could I could totally picture like Christian I forgot people that some like people like sabotaging yeah <laughs> yeah should we watch
0: the trailer real fast yeah I didn't
2: see you at school today I went to the doctor what's wrong Girl problems. don't you ever just wish you were a dude all the time
0: This is the most magical sound you will ever hear.
2: I'm
0: just not ready to be a mom.
2: Where else could you go?
0: Nowhere in Pennsylvania. I think you should try another place. Bad.
1: going to New York? What are you doing there?
0: Seeing family and stuff. Who came with you today? My cousin. Do you have a place to stay tonight? I know you came from far away. I'll figure it out. This
3: is closed. Can I sleep here?
0: Where's the rest of the money? La, 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 la. I want to make sure that
2: you're safe. La, la,
3: This is
0: hard. I'm I'm gonna ask you some questions. They can be really personal. Just answer either never, rarely, sometimes, or always. So I remember seeing this trailer in theaters and I was excited to see the the flick.
1: Of course you were in the before time. Yeah. I've I've seen
2: seen I had never seen the trailer until right neither. now. Yeah.
1: It did re-instill all the uh, stress of watching the movie in me. So that was nice. <laughs>
0: yeah, you had a hard time.
1: <laughs> yeah, this movie is tough. I think we should, I mean like, I'm, I'm not trying to be like, oh, it was hard for me to watch, jokey jokey. Like, No, this movie was fucking... It's brutal. I mean, like, it's an incredible movie, and it is such a a unique depiction of such a a hushed topic, like, purposefully, uh, with, like, intent behind it, why people don't fucking talk about what it's like to get an abortion, Uh, Uh as I'm sure Hannah can attest to, about, like, public... Uh, agreement or or, or like knowledge on what happens when you get an abortion I had no idea Mm -hmm. and I work somewhat close to this kind of industry of Mm -hmm. troubled teens and I it's just such a like touchy subject touchy subject that we can't even fucking discuss it that watching this movie of such a frank depiction of the anxiety and the fucking misery of a teenage girl having to get an abortion affected me and like that's why this movie is is so incredible to me uh part of the reason is because it pushed me that well
0: yeah i'm interested to um i was thinking about this earlier i'm interested to hear what your perspective is is uh as we go through everything Mm -hmm. because like i know i and i'm sure hannah like while we were watching this were Like kind of relating to the characters in a lot of ways, just like what it's like to be raised as a woman and kind of the danger that's always kind of present around you and kind of a little bit of like the helplessness sort of aspects of that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as we go through everything, yeah, I was interested on how you perceive or relate to the movie as well.
1: And likewise, and like, that's why I was so excited to have Hannah on because of her proximity to, you know, actually fucking, I, you know, I thought about this watching the movie. I don't think I've ever talked to a uterus having person about an abortion they actually had. I cannot go through my head right now and think of a person I know who has, who has Mm -hmm. told me that they've had an abortion and how that is like, that's what shaped my, my perspective on it. I don't know shit.
2: Well, yeah, I had some similar experiences of like realizing that people I knew, like who I had been friends with for like years. It wasn't until I made this show about my abortion that like Mm. some of them said, oh, yeah, like I had an abortion when I was in my early 20s, you know? And I was so surprised that like, People who are like some of my best friends might have not felt comfortable telling me about this. There was still so much like shame and trauma around having to keep that a secret. Yeah, and then of course once I started going even more public with, like, I'm going to make a show about my abortion. Well, you You're- were
0: writing about it even before you did your show, right? Didn't you have, like, readings of some writing that you had done Oh, about
2: that's it? true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote a – Um, did you ever come to one of those?
0: I think I went to one.
2: At, like, Township or – At um, Township. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I did write, like, a short essay because it had been this weird situation where, like, I had been dating this guy and he – was just like pretty depressed and like couldn't really communicate and kind of couldn't really even handle when I would like compliment him or just say like I like you like he was really uncomfortable just being liked but really? um it's but he would also kind of like say oh we should have babies together or like you should move in with me and I I never just really knew how to like understand where he was coming from cuz he never called me his girlfriend he Never took me out on dates. I mean, it was just a weird kind of depressive relationship. And so I broke up with him and then like a week later found out that I was pregnant. And there was just a whole weird thing where, you know, like I asked him if he would basically split the abortion with me because it's like 500 bucks. and. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's That's a lot of money. So And the
0: responsibility of creating that was split. So uh, well, (laughs) yeah, especially
2: because I got pregnant specifically because I asked him to put on a condom and he like pretended like he didn't know where the condoms were. And uh, uh, or and was just like, Oh, what? Oh, you want me to put a condom on? Oh gosh, where did I put them? Oh, where are they? Oh, hmm. And we were like yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly, and Never we were, heard of <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, fine, you can just pull out." But I had been really sick like a few weeks earlier, and I, I had been so sick that I had just kind of lost track of like my cycle, if you will. So, so he, you know, pulled out or whatever. But because I was ovulating, oh, I nice. did get pregnant, and then he for a long time wouldn't pay for the abortion he would, like get, he was mad at me not for really having an abortion he was just mad at me for like being pregnant well i don't really know i would post things on social media like um, just about like safe sex and he always took it really personally and would be like I'm so angry I can't even see straight like he would email me at like four in the morning like okay. I saw your post that was directed at me and I'm so okay. angry and I was like oh my god I just literally that was a meme about like wearing condoms yeah but, <laughs> oh, someone's got to turn
0: For real,
2: for real, because I never was really trying to make him feel shitty. But anyway, um, I forget why we were talking <laughs> about all this. But, oh, yeah, I just wrote an essay kind of about that experience, particularly like asking him to put a condom on and him not doing that and then him not splitting the abortion with me until... Actually it was 9 months later. It took him 9 months too. Wow. Isn't that so weird? That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Finally he did. Hmm. But um yeah, so I was writing about it mm-hmm. and uh and I'm just a loudmouth about anything that matters to me, especially when people I can tell there are like unspoken rules about like, let's not talk about this. Let's mm-hmm. not talk about how much money we make. Let's not talk about, you know, Taboo our miscarriages. Kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just and I stuff was with
0: stigma on it. You're yeah. all about destigmatizing yeah. everything. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I am.
2: That's yeah. exactly right. I just, yeah, want to de shameify.
1: Thank you for fucking doing it because like I would fucking love if people talked about this i would love yeah. for this shit to be normalized because if if someone's like oh yeah my uh, oh my mom had cancer if they've had if they're a cancer survivor 90 percent will they be like yes cancer is terrible blah 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 blah, blah. why the fuck not with abortions and i, I like and you know what know it's why. really
0: there's stigma on any type of like baby death and it's not just abortions, like miscarriages too. Like there, there's so much like stigma on that. Like people feel like they can't really talk about that as well. Um, Jesus, yeah. But you know, obviously, abortions has its whole
2: mm-hmm. own thing. But um, well, and even another thing I realized I wanted to be really loudmouthed about was like how awful it is to be pregnant. Yeah, Good because God, I, I feel imagine. like, oh my God, it was so horrible. I I mean, I was pregnant for just, you know, like a month and a half, maybe, yeah, something like Mm -hmm. that, but I had mono, actually, when I was, like, 30-something, and it was like having mono, and it was horrible. Like, it was so hard to even just, like, walk without kind of, like, clutching the wall, like, for support. It was just, like, terrible, Mm -hmm. and... um. I just thought, damn, people just expect women to do this like no big deal. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people expect women to do this or uterus having people, I should say, because Mm -hmm. obviously anyone with a uterus can get pregnant. And yeah, I just thought women don't feel comfortable talking about how horrible pregnancy is. And a lot of women don't feel comfortable talking about how difficult motherhood is and how it's like for some people the most... Isolating, challenging, like ego-destroying,
3: yeah, um, mm-hmm.
2: kind of thing you can do. And really, so I, if you yeah. really
0: think about it, most experiences that are a, a female quote female experience, we are not allowed to really talk about. I mean, totally periods, to the, pe- yeah, sexual <laughs> assault, think. yeah, it's sexual desire,
2: whole- even. Yeah, masturbation. Yeah, (laughs) like it's like dudes are just expected to jerk off, or you know, expect like, oh yeah, they're gonna jerk off, they're gonna be horny. But like, I've been horny since I was like three years old. Yeah, gross. And
0: (laughs) sorry. Well, we do not talk about being horny on on the pod. pod. (laughs) That's obviously a joke because we talk about it every
1: episode. (laughs) Every episode. No, that's totally true. And like, it's. so fucking weird just from my perspective to like see all this shit but also reap the benefits uh so Mm -hmm. to speak like my experience is uh as a white as a cis white guy is fucking everywhere i'm showing it all the time and like that's uh uh, why this movie is so jarring uh in one aspect because there is ev literally every guy in this movie sucks yeah. sucks. There is not one neutral, there is not one good. They're all bad. And this movie yeah. is very much f- for uh, uh eaters having folks and and, and teenage non-men, probably mostly mm-hmm. women, and it's just it's jarring to me to watch a movie so exposing me to something that is purposefully like hushed because it's a yeah. it's a singular A non-male experience
0: the um, director kind of describes it as the environment that these girls are coming up in is the antagonist of the movie (laughs) yes because they are just so subjected to like the male gaze and male attention and it shows you like different ways that men are bad and creepy (laughs) in this movie too and uh, we've been through all kinds of Similar things. Of course. (laughs) Well, yeah,
2: because the other thing that I was relating to, apart from just being like a a woman that that men have been trying to like touch and fuck and use, you know, since I was like 12 or something, Mm -hmm. if not earlier, is that. I was really identifying with kind of like the poverty aspect and how yeah. like you, a lot of things are so much harder when you don't have the money for oh, them. Yeah. You know, it almost was like a portrait of survival sex work light, like PG-13, you know, like what the cousin sort of decides to do so that the creepy guy will give them the money they need to, you know, she, from the beginning, has been 0% interested in him, and he just Mm -hmm. doesn't give up, and then there's this moment where she's like, this is worth it, we, I want to help my cousin out, and we have to get back to Pittsburgh, and we have, we have no money, and uh this is the opportunity that's presented itself, so I'll do it. But like I was dying inside for her. Like yeah. I could not I mean it would be so fucking hard for me to make myself kiss someone I didn't want to kiss. Someone who had just been bugging the shit out of me, who I had been like barely tolerating for the like the last few hours. It was just like yeah. awful. Yeah. But I, I thought the movie did such a good job of like showing the depressing town that they live in and also showing like how horrible the father was yeah. and just it was just Holy reinforcing shit. like no woman is safe and no man is good which yeah. was pretty oh. much my experience Same. like growing up <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: insane yeah let's start at the top this first scene's wild
0: the well firstly i guess i want to just note that the way this movie looks is really cool it is shot on 16 millimeter film it's not digital okay. and uh i think that that puts a really cool look on everything
1: i thought it was like a fucking 90s film at first like yeah. i thought it was set in the 90s and i think that 16 millimeter definitely gave it that feel
0: it has a, i think it adds a cool little something um so the very opening scene is the talent show i kind of wonder if they put this in there just so that Sydney could be able to play a little tune (laughs) because they're a rocker.
2: He makes me stay when I want to stay. He makes me say things I want to say. And though I try to break away, no, I can't stop saying I adore him, can't stop doing things for him. He's got the power.
1: It also sets, like, I'm so excited Hannah said, no woman is safe, All no men are good. Is that what you mm-hmm. said along those lines? Yeah. yeah. Title of ep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. D- title of ep, and then, like, that's what this fucking first scene is. She is mm-hmm. on stage and gets catcalled by a dude in the audience. And it's like, what? And it gets away with it. Yeah.
2: Nothing happens. It never does. That's true. <laughs> it? it never <laughs> does. <laughs> Apply I, that to most shitty things that men do to humiliate and like Belinda. throw women off their yeah. game. Totally. Yeah. Assault. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God.
1: It just like, it sets yeah. the scene. She is just a perfectly nice, just trying to fucking get by. That's it. Just yeah. leave me the fuck alone. I just want to play my She just wants to live her life.
0: And yeah. that's like what it's like. I mean, like mm-hmm. we just want to walk around and live our life yeah. and be normal and get from place to place day to day and uh, just keep being harassed. You
1: know, yeah, you can't even fucking live Even
0: when you're not being harassed. Like after a certain point, I mean, you are waiting for the harassment. So there's like a kind of hyper vigilance, even when it's not actively Happening, you know, Good God. adds to the experience, flavors the day, <sighs> some mm. could say. <laughs>
2: yeah, some could say
0: that. <laughs> I loved her song, by the way. It it's was great. great. Yeah. Um, so we also, we meet the stepdad next, and he's just an ass. Is he a
2: stepdad and not a bio dad?
0: They left it ambiguous, I will say. But I thought he had stepdad energy. So... (laughs) I tell you what,
1: every stepdad I've met has been a delight. Is that true?
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) I personally had two stepdads and they were both terrible in different ways. So, yeah.
1: See, I'm anti-stepmom.
0: I also had a stepmom who I would say was less terrible, but ended up being pretty terrible in the end. <laughs> <laughs> but I also... Wait, do you have step-parents?
1: I have one stepmom. And how, uh, But how
0: long have you... Your parents haven't been divorced that long, have they?
1: They divorced in 06. I was uh, in eighth grade. Oh, okay. And then my dad remarried in 09. Okay. Uh, my parents
0: were always divorced. Like yeah. They got divorced when I was two, so... I always had. My parents got divorced when I was two. I had one stepdad from when I was age three until I was like 10. He's my brother's dad. And then I had a second stepdad from like 13 until 17.
1: And he sucked too? Yeah. He was a
2: crackhead. (laughs) Like a literal crackhead. (laughs) Hannah, you you got
1: any, (laughs) any steps?
2: I do. I have a stepmom who I and my siblings, we have always been actually really big fans of her. Lucky. My dad is very lucky to have her. She is a very smart woman. Um, She is like a businesswoman and- um,
0: how long has she been your stepmom? I
2: think it, I think she and my dad have been married about ten years mm. at this point. So you're already
0: like fully grown. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: everything. totally. My so parents you didn't get the
0: real stepmom. No, experience. no, no,
2: no, <laughs> no. We've never. No, I've never like cohabitated <laughs> with a step parent. Yeah. Like, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. I realize now that I'm so particular about my living situation and who I can like share a home with that I think if I was a child and just all of a sudden there was like a new person living in the house like it it just sounds awful. Mm. Just truly awful. It's yeah. a lot.
3: Anyway. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Um the dad. dad who may or may not be step 45
1: <laughs> <laughs> minutes in.
0: It's okay. We we'll cut half of this. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're sure. we're just rocking. Um, is a huge asshole and it, what, what's it like the mom's trying to be like tell her she did a good job and he's like your mother wants me to tell you that you did a good job or whatever like oh my gosh and meanwhile the boy across the restaurant is like making blowjob mouth at her oh yeah i oh was so
1: livid at this point
0: yeah but that's classic teen shit it truly. is truly so um she storms out. I think kind of next thing that happens is she goes to the clinic for a pregnancy test. More uh-huh. or less, next thing that happens. So here's the thing, the clinic that she ends up at, we later find out is one of those like Christian like anti-abortion clinics.
1: Yeah, crisis pregnancy centers.
0: Yeah. So they were making her do a self-administered test, which is just like a pharmacy like pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. and um, before filming this movie and doing research the director went through this whole process for research like literally went to one of these clinics got the test did all the stuff and then took a bus to Port Authority, New York City like just to research (laughs) what they would be feeling what they would go through like talk to the social workers like did all the stuff so I think that's so cool but what she found out Was that most of the people who work at those, like, anti-abortion clinics are not medical professionals, have no medical training, Mm -hmm. and they're just volunteers, which kind of makes sense to why they were so, like, you have to do your own pregnancy test, and it's, like, the dollar store (laughs) pregnancy test.
1: (laughs) That does, honestly, like, that shows how little effort they ultimately are putting into those places, like... They put up a good fight at the front, but when it comes to like, what are you actually going to do? It's like, well, we'll give you a pregnancy test that we bought at CVS and make you watch a video.
0: And, oh my gosh, the video.
1: Hard truth.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The libs don't want you to know they're doing third trimester
1: abortions. Fucking opens up on this white dude (laughs) in a bow tie and is like... (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, baby murder is happening everywhere. Blah, 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 blah.
0: They're doing abortions at 72 weeks. and <laughs> oh, <yeah.
1: laughs>
0: It's hilarious, but also, I mean, the reality is that those videos are dangerous.
1: No, um, totally. We
0: laugh about them because we're smarter than that, but they do get people. And uh, that's sad. And no,
1: sucks. and like this CPC, this Crisis Pregnancy Center, they're using like little fucking... Mind tricks.
0: The ultrasound, too? Come,
1: yeah, that's fucking oh, it. They're calling God. that fucking fetus beautiful baby over and yeah. over. They are purposely trying to indoctrinate her against. And like when they fucking before she shows uh, the, the like, quote unquote, nurse shows, uh, shows Autumn the, the movie. She's like, are you abortion, oh, abortion mind-
2: minded? Hilarious.
1: Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was crazy. Also, got a note that the baby on the monitor that uh-huh. was on the ultrasound Look like a nine months baby. Yeah, Hannah, tell the listeners what you told me about your ultrasound for your abortion. Oh
2: yeah, totally. So when I went in, I for my abortion, like I, it was same day. I thought I was gonna have to like go in and get an ultrasound, and then I thought there might be this like imposed waiting period because some states do do that. They'll give you the ultrasound. Yeah. They'll make you. You are required by the practitioner to look at it. It, and then they won't <laughs> let you have the abortion until like this waiting period. So yeah. I I had no idea what the rules were, but I went into the abortion clinic. I got my ultrasound um, basically just to make sure that the fetus or really, I don't even know. I guess it was a fetus, but I don't know. I'm tempted to bee. say zygote also. It was just because, yeah, what I was telling Kayla was that at the clinic, I could see that they had medical forms that told them that they were supposed to ask me questions like, have you considered adoption? Yeah. But they, I saw the nurse skip all those questions on the form. And well, the only well, thing her. she asked me was, is anyone forcing you to have this abortion? And I said no, which is great, yes. right? Yeah. And then- when I went in to get the ultrasound just to make sure that the fetus was actually large enough that they could find it to remove it from my uterus, the woman in no way, she didn't even ask, do you want to see it? But I asked, can I see it? Because I just was curious. Oh, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. I did not, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to look like a baby. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was just like five or six you know, weeks in, but I wanted to see what it would look like so I could just tell people afterwards. And so she said, oh, you want to see it? And I was like, yeah. And so she showed me the monitor and I looked and looked and I could not find it. I saw the big dark shape of my uterus and there was kind of some white stuff, but I was like, Is that it? And I like point at something and she's like, No, that's just your uterus and I'm like, Where is it? And then she just points at this tiny little spot that's like as big as just the tip of your pinky. like. Mm -hmm. And even when she was pointing at it, I was like, Wait, there? wait there because it was just this little it was nothing yeah it was really nothing and i and it didn't even have like that like (laughs) yeah it it didn't even have a tadpole shape oh for sure that is no lie (laughs) definitely absolutely i've had loogies bigger Yeah, but like it didn't even look like a fish or a tadpole or a baby chicken, like nothing. It just was like this little polka dot, Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, cool. It actually made me wonder if at some of those crisis pregnancy centers, if they are actually, I mean, this sounds like so paranoid and stuff, but they actually do do some kind of crazy stuff like- brand themselves as an offerer of abortion Mm -hmm. and then actually be totally the opposite of that or they'll say oh you've decided you do want an abortion okay great let's meet with our abortion counselor and then it's like yet another person trying to talk you into like motherhood is the happiest thing I was so upset when that lady the lady at the crisis pregnancy center said that to Autumn (laughs) like trust me I'm a mother and once once you have the baby in your arms like you will not regret it and guess what I know a lot of mothers who would have been happier people if they had not had kids just before they were ready or before they could afford it. It changes your life and you always are gonna have more of the responsibility than the father even if you're married to him. I actually kind of wondered, like I wonder if crisis pregnancy centers ever like have just a little like video that's like set up on the monitor to make it look like you're farther along or that the baby's more developed than it actually oh, is. God. Like I wondered if like anyone, if they have like toy sonograms because yeah. if they're yeah. not medical professionals a lot of times, yeah. I mean, I heard like, I've heard about some weird shit like that. So there, and also in the movie, they were saying like that, the crisis pregnancy people had been dishonest about how far along she right. was. Or,
0: I don't even know, like, because then I was thinking about that and it's like, were they dishonest or do they just not know?
2: Because they're not trained.
1: <laughs> little a column A, little column B.
2: Yeah. Just based on what I had heard about crisis pregnancy centers, I like definitely just assumed deception, but that, you know, there's also that other option too. Yeah. Yeah. I've also heard of crisis pregnancy centers basically saying, like, making up reasons why they can't. They were like, oh, yeah, you can't. Have the abortion until you're this far along, or like they'll give you some reason why you have to go away and wait, and then they'll basically wait you out until your state law maybe like they'll push yeah until it's too late, and they'll push you into a trimester. They'll make you wait until you're in a trimester where your state no longer would support the abortion. So just like very tactical stuff.
0: Let's see, right around here too, we get the nose piercing. That Uh, was pretty sick I feel like when I was that age I knew like everybody I knew Had some kind of piercing by a safety pin
1: (laughs) I have told Child after child After child at the shelter How stupid it is To pierce their own (laughs) nose or ear And every time I know I might as well just be Screaming at a dang wall Because these teens are just (laughs) gonna do whatever they want
0: Yeah, Disgusting Um, okay, so we also see that um, the main character is working at a grocery store with her cousin. Yeah. Fun facts. The actor was also working at a grocery store in real life when they were cast in this movie. So I wonder if there was any like, let's make it real and you're a grocery store clerk
1: there. <laughs> do, no, Do what you know, yeah.
0: So we also find their boss who, when they go to count down the drawers at the end of the night is um takes their hands and gives them little
2: kisses. Aw, uh, thanks, boss. JK, creepy as fuck. <laughs> I had mega flashbacks to one of my first jobs when I was working at Hungry Howie's Pizza, <laughs> and I was taking pizza orders on the phone. That was my job. I was the only girl that worked there, and then there were like, you know, two or three boys that were always in the back. I was like 16 or 17 at the time, and there was a dude who was in his early 20s, and he used to just come up behind me and like rub his hands all over my body while I was like on the phone with the customers because I couldn't really do anything about it when I was, like, taking an order and, like, striving for the professionalism that Hungry Howie's demands, you know? <laughs>
1: Without a doubt, yeah. You were uh, making sure everyone had a Hungry Howie day, but, like... Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Does this yeah. fucking... I feel like such an idiot watching this fucking movie, and I'm just like, do, do 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 never had a problem in my life of uh, anyone harassing me at a job. Yeah. Uh, like... <laughs> Does it happen at most jobs? Kayla, fucking, I know that's... I don't yeah. mean to, to pry into your life. That's fucking happening no, right now okay. for you, isn't it?
0: Uh, Yeah, well, yeah, basically with a temp Jesus. at my job. But, uh, yeah, I would say... I mean, you know, I don't want to, like, speak for all, like, non-men here because I know some people never experience this kind of stuff and, you know, that doesn't make you any less of a woman or whatever. Mm-hmm. But... um. Just me personally, and I know Hannah Mm -hmm. because we're good friends. I know Hannah's story too, like that we have experienced this kind of stuff a lot.
2: Almost (laughs) without exception, every job I've had with a male boss, I have been harassed or groped, or, you know, I had a server job where the manager was like, Wiggle your butt more when you walk and like give the customers little shoulder tickles and flirt with them and you know, just like I mean I pretty much there are like more jobs than not that I've had to quit because my male manager was harassing me. Yeah. So yeah.
0: I had just um what Colin was referencing that I had just shared the story on Instagram the other day of um when I was like 20, 21 possibly, I worked at Adidas, and there was a man who worked in the the department adjacent to mine and would stare at me all day long, would ask me on dates repeatedly. He was probably in his 50s, um, so that's gross, and uh, I told my managers, my supervisor, um, that this guy creeps me out. He stares at me all day long. He won't stop staring at me, smile at me, asked me out constantly. Um and they're just like, Oh ha, ha ha that's just Keith. Like he you know, he's got a screw loose. He's just like a little wonky guy, like ha ha ha, so funny and then like sometimes like I would be talking to a coworker and they would call him over and be like as soon as he got up to us, be like, Hey, did you know uh Kayla broke up with their boyfriend and they wanna go out with you now? And I'd be like, Why would you do that? So they're just like instigating it and Jesus. um Yeah, that was terrible. So they did nothing. My manager there would also... uh, I used to wear long skirts all the time, like Mm -hmm. not sexy ones, like big flowy, like long skirts. And uh, my manager would call me over to the desk, make me walk all the way over there and then be like, "Uh, hey, I just wanted you to know I can see your underwear through your dress and stuff like this, even when he probably couldn't. I don't know. But... um." Would do stuff like that for fun, for sport, Uh, and then, you know, his desk was right next to my workstation, so there's no escape, (laughs) and um, at the time, I mean, I was just a kid. That was the best-paying job I'd ever had, Mm -hmm. and I was on my own, so, like, what else? What what are you going to do? do? I I worked there for three years, and I was trying to get another job probably since, like, three months into the job, so... That's just like how it was. And then that story went into at my current job. We hired a temp a few months ago. And this temp, like two or three times, I would be working in this little closet doing engraving. Mm -hmm. And there's like, it has a door that has like one of the windows in the door you know the little long skinny windows in the door and uh i would be working in this tiny little closet by myself in the dark because the it's just easier to see the engraving because the machine is Mm -hmm. backlit and would look up and that guy was just standing in the face pressed to the glass looking at me (laughs) through the window and uh who knows how long he was saying there staring at me i don't know and um when i caught him would just like laugh about it and I'm like that's not very funny and I told my boss and it just happened to be at that time we didn't need a temp really for much longer so the temp stopped working there but we had to get another temp uh, this month and uh, guess who it damn was and they put him right next to me in a position where he can just stare at me again all day long table facing my area so that's what we are talking about when we say like it doesn't really matter Uh, what you do about it or who you tell like nobody nobody comes to help us no (laughs) never and it doesn't like me and Hannah are both like very like empowered people who you know take stuff in our own hands who aren't afraid to like tell people if something's wrong or if they're being assholes or like Mm -hmm. what and that doesn't stop that from happening to us so nope anyway (laughs) There you uh, go, Colin.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's it's good. It's good. I'm hearing all this. It really is. Ultimately, you know, it helps me call that shit out when I see it. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't make it, you know, any fucking easier. Uh, yeah. No, like looking through my notes, all, all, almost all of my later notes, post like getting a positive on the pregnancy test, it's uh-huh. just all sad notes. It's bleak. Uh.
0: I mean, it's bleak, but I. Yeah. I don't know if I would say that I found this movie to be depressing at all. It's Mm-mm. not
1: depressing, for sure. Um, it's
0: really interesting. It's, it's really it's well just, done.
1: It's a lot.
0: It is. Uh, it's, it it's is a lot.
1: lot to, and, and Especially at this part when she's going to the CPC, there's this scene that fucking I cried watching. It was so intense where she starts Googling. When she goes home. Goes home and is like, well, how yeah. the fuck do I get rid of this thing? And because
0: what she finds out is in Pennsylvania, you have to have parental consent if you are going to get an abortion. Um, and she doesn't want her parents to know.
1: We could go on about how parents should. I, I would love to have yeah. a conversation about that parents. That teens
0: should be able to have bodily autonomy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, uh, but at any <laughs> All rate. kids,
0: really, but... So she finds the homeopathic methods, one of which is taking loads of vitamin C, <laughs> which I actually looked up, and um, there is no real evidence that doing that will cause an abortion. It is kind of a wives' tale, but they said it's traced back to a mistranslated Russian article from the 1960s. Very cool. Dang. <laughs> and it says, mostly vitamin C does nothing to you, but if you take really too much, the worst that will happen to you is you'll have diarrhea and a stomach ache. So <laughs> she just gave herself the shits. Yeah. Um, And then the punching. Yeah. Yeah. The punching was
2: sad. Mm-hmm. Very was sad.
1: Tough. And like the movie does this really outstanding job of making you empathize with this with with Autumn throughout the film. But especially at this point, it's impossible for the viewer to not feel like pain that would come with this and and understand Mm -hmm. why, which is super important because you're able to be like, oh my God, if I were in her shoes, I would be doing the same kind of shit.
0: Yeah. Just like the ways that this movie is shot and Mm -hmm. there's not much dialogue and all of the shots are like extreme close-ups with the main character. It really puts you in that character's emotional state. Like you're right there, like experiencing... This with them and I mm-hmm. think that's really cool.
1: That's outstanding. yeah keeps you engaged throughout and you're just like what what got me so intensely and acutely was the lack of depiction of just like exhaustion and I think this goes for a, a, a lot of women in these situations i i personally i tend to give up a lot i'm a i'm really good at just like <laughs> yeah that seems like a lot of work and i don't want to do it uh yeah. or throwing a fit and then giving up but at no point is she ever deterred away from like she has enough foresight to understand her per- like her situation and be like this is the best thing i can do for myself
0: yeah i mean in in her position like You've already seen how much she's dealing with just on a base level, exactly like with her family, with her schoolmates, like with her job. That all she can do is just keep going on, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's really not another option here. <laughs> no,
1: it's, it's it's sink or swim. Like, yeah.
0: So soon after this is when she gets morning sickness at work, and the boss here. Uh, when they go to ask the boss if they can Ugh. leave early. And he says, oh, I'd get lonely if you left. And that's kind of the moment where they turn to, like, fuck it.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. Total. Like, after this, the friend starts stealing some money while they're doing the cash yeah. out at yeah. the end of the night. And I was just, like, pumping my fist, like, fuck yeah, what a G. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it rocked.
1: Totally. Actually,
2: wait, can I tell a story about yeah. a bad male boss? Because it actually, I just want to also point out that, like, in case it, like, there are times where, like, the harassment that non-men experience, like, is not sexual in nature. But it still is extremely about, like, yeah, just a basic lack of respect. And I, like, my current boss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I had this boss, before I went to grad school, I was working at this deli. In a s- gross sort of suburb of Chattanooga, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a boss who I actually really liked. He never sexually harassed me. I really thought he was a funny, fun guy. But I was just learning that I had celiac's, but I like hadn't been diagnosed. But I was just realizing that I was having like intense, intense, intense stomach troubles, like mm-hmm. about a lot of shit. And so he would make me lunch every day, or I could. I could make lunch if I wasn't busy, but if I was on the register, you know, I could just tell him like, Hey, can I have a salad or whatever? And he Mm. would make it for me, but he just decided that I was lying about, you know, not being able to eat gluten and, uh, he would just sneak stuff into my food so that if I didn't rush to the bathroom and have diarrhea that he could point out, see, it's all in your mind, you don't really have celiacs. So it was like this way that like he was actually poisoning my food and there was this time that I did like just have horrible horrible like diarrhea at work and it was yeah. like and I was in so much pain and I was like sweating and I actually like at some point, collapsed on the bathroom floor because I was just in so much pain and I was just like lying there with Mm -hmm. my pants around my ankles like in the fetal position and he did that to me because he was sneaking stuff in my food because he wanted to show me that dietary restrictions are fake news or whatever Yeah, Yeah. and that's just like another kind of way that men just like decide that women Mm -hmm. are foolish and funny and we're going to like... Expose them for the I've had so many co
0: workers try and like prove that I wasn't vegetarian or by like hounding me every time I went to eat my lunch, like, what do you got there? What's that? Well what's that? That looks like meat, you know, or whatever. What the
1: fuck? (laughs) Let the men handle it, you know? We'll decide (laughs) what goes around here. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, no, that's the kind of energy I carry around. Jesus.
0: So, in the movie, again, so the boss was creepy. Then they are going to, they stole all the money Mm -hmm. from the register, so they're going to take a bus to New York City to try and get an abortion there. Mm -hmm. I guess there's a term for this, which is abortion tourism, which is Mm. interesting. (laughs) I didn't know
1: that. Bummer that that's a thing, but...
0: Actually, I don't know, I don't think I even said this, but the inspiration for this movie was um in 2012 the director read a story about this lady from Ireland who died after being denied a medically necessary abortion yeah um,
1: that was a huge she, thing
0: yeah so she died and then you know the director was just really like struck by this and then was like looking into like well really like how far would this woman have had to travel for adequate health care and stuff like that and was just Got really inspired by that person's story um mm-hmm. and has had been uh holding on to this film since twenty twelve or yeah. the idea for this film, so that's kind of where the inspiration came from and then you know just translated onto an American experience because the girl in the movie is from rural Pennsylvania mhm aint no abortion's happening there
1: <laughs> no I was uh uh, Pennsylvania is a, a freaking purple state. You know, I was wondering what their abortion laws would be like.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And it probably, you know, it might also depend on where you are in Pennsylvania. Totally. I know like where they are in the movie is very, very, very rural. Yeah. Um. And, you know, maybe if you're in Philly or, you know, something or Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh like yeah. it might be different. But I still don't really know. But probably safest bet either way to go yeah. to yeah, New York yeah, City. Yeah. Uh, Because they'll just give abortions to anybody.
1: (laughs) I I, I was wondering. I was like, it's probably like New York City's got to be like easiest access to abortion in America, maybe?
0: Um, So when they're on the bus, they, of course, meet this man.
1: Jasper. Another freaking man.
0: So this is a man who is kind of oblivious to his own presence, like many men. We love him. So So the girls are kind of in their own bubble of, you know, their experience. They are on a mission to, like, handle something really heavy, and they're kind of running away from home at the same time. So they have, like, all this stuff going on with them, uh, which, of course, no man cares about. And uh
1: (laughs) Come hang out with me. Come to my show. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So when he kind of taps her on the arm and there is like a close-up of the tap it's like wow like the bubble just popped you know Mm -hmm. and now he's in their space and asking them to hang out yeah i mean that chick is pretty much forced to give her phone number because then he's like oh i'll text you right now you know so we love that and he just thinks he's being charming
1: yeah no this is every fucking guy Every fucking asshole who's told me, like...
0: (laughs) Hannah's been aggressively nodding for, like, six minutes, just by the way. (laughs) Sure have.
1: (laughs) Just go talk to her, man. Just go (laughs) talk to her. And I'm I'm just like, I don't know. She doesn't really know me. I don't know this person. It's like, well, you gotta make Mm -hmm. a move. It's like, oh, my God. It's the exact... Like, but men have been doing shoot your shot for uh, ever... In the worst mm-hmm. way of just like, <laughs> hey, if I if I s- strike out 99 times and get lucky once, uh, you know, who cares?
0: Hey, I got lucky. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like, Jesus, fuck off.
0: I know. <laughs> I know. And and I don't think they also realize like the power difference, the danger difference. Like if they don't give him their phone number, like what could this man do to me? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Men aren't thinking that women are thinking that when they act like how they
1: do. It took me... (laughs) That's true. It took so long for that to get through my thick boy skull.
0: Yeah. uh, That, like... Every man is perceived as a danger. Yeah. uh, Baseline. Yeah. I
1: was, like... I was talking to a past girlfriend. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, walking down this... Walking home from work. This girl, like... Took like a hard left. I was and I was like, I'm not a creep though. And she was like, Well, you're a guy, so. And I was like, But I'm a I'm a good guy. And it's like, Well, no, you're a guy. That's all the that fucking. Well, and matters. how the
2: fuck would she know whether or exactly. not you're good? Yeah.
1: Exactly, and so like it took it takes forever. No one wants to. No one wants to be perceived as a threat, regardless of you know of who they are. And so I I pers- took it personally every time, and I had to fucking work with it and be like oh, yeah, it's not me, it's fucking every dude. And I am representative of that whether I want to or not.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm glad you learned about that. (laughs) that. Mm -hmm. It's really great to see journeys. Yeah. It's great to see journeys. (laughs) Better late than never. Yeah, Uh, that's true. Yeah. Well, because also that's another reason to just talk about this stuff more is that yeah. like how would you know unless someone tells you about it and mm-hmm. just so many non-men just don't want to be perceived as like whiners or mm-hmm. oh, I'm playing the victim because lots of people tell us not to play the victim yeah. and like to buck that's up. That's a whole and, fucking like, other thing, you know? yeah. So there's just so much that people don't know because it's not really- encouraged to just be honest about, like, the hellscape that non-men navigate constantly.
1: Jesus Christ. I fucking hated this dweeb. I fucking hated Jasper. Like, all the guys in this movie, I did want to kick the shit out of. Yeah. Uh, No, maybe I hated the dad the most.
2: Ugh. More than the boss? No, he No, the dad was was really gross.
0: They're they're all bad. I mean- They're really all bad.
1: The dad was like- Okay, this is going back a while. The dad was like- playing with the dog and going, yeah. good slut. Yeah, oh, you're a yeah. slut. Yeah, look how easy she is. And I'm yeah. just like, it's a dog, you buh. I don't know the word, you asshole, I guess. Like, what the fuck?
0: Then he also made his wife like, put on his jacket for him. The, just <laughs> Like <everything>. a toddler.
1: <laughs> but Jasper is a whole, Jasper is so, like, Kayla fucking nailed it, like, oblivious. He yeah. is just mm. walking around like having his dick lead him and just like seeing what he stumbles into and is completely like very clearly these two women never smile at him. And he's like, I like my chances with this.
0: And they clearly look like And even later, when they're hanging out, like, they look sad. Like, they look like they are sad and they are clearly dealing with something. And still, like, you're horny for them or whatever. Shoot your shot. (laughs) (laughs) Hating. So, when they get to New York City, Mm -hmm. one thing I notice, and I notice this a couple times throughout their New York stint, one of the first things that happened is... um, They don't know how to find their way around. They don't know what train to take or where it is or blah, blah, blah. So they have to ask people and they're all confused. But um, these chicks have uh, cell phones, right? I mean, can they not use a cell phone?
1: Yeah, okay. (laughs) My only issue with the movie is they never use their cell phones.
0: That was my main issue too. And then later on... I mean, we'll get there, but they get separated and the one is searching for the other and just like text running her. around, looking everywhere. Like, honestly, text her, call text her. her. What? You do not have to do this. <laughs> it's NYC,
1: baby. You're not going to find anyone.
0: <laughs> Share your location, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. So I the, the phone thing kind of drove me a little nuts. Um, they also are lugging around this big old suitcase all around New York City. And, um, when they do go to the doctor, which I'll talk about in a sec, but they find out that this procedure is going to take a couple days mm-hmm. and, uh, they're kind of like, oh no, we, we can't stay. Like we can't stay in the city. So are you telling me these people brought a whole backpack full of stuff and a whole suitcase full of stuff to not stay the night?
1: Okay. 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 Yeah. You're, you're, you are right, but hear me out on this one. What if the suitcase is metaphorical for Ooh. the baggage of that freaking baby?
2: I think it is metaphorical for like struggle and inconvenience yeah. and being so held definitely. down. But I always think that metaphors like really need to be integrated into, I I, I don't know. I, I don't care if it's a metaphor. It still needs to like work in the real world. It so make it's pretty sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little sloppy. Definitely
1: sloppy. Yeah. And I don't think they change clothes. I don't think I feel like I they're wearing the if same they thing.
0: Because their clothes were so like kind of nondescript,
2: you know? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I didn't really notice. What were they were just wearing, wearing like hoodies and jackets and yeah. just teen just stuff. Of, yeah, yeah, teen stuff. <laughs> um <laughs> so
0: she goes to the doctor and this is when we find out that she's actually eighteen weeks pregnant. And oh my gosh, when they raise the shirt to do the ultrasound there and the bruises. Yeah, that was sad. That was a sad one. Yeah, so they end up having to go to a different location. It's going to be a couple days of a deal. They can't go to the other location until the next morning. So now they kind of have to figure out what they're going to do. And it seems like for the couple, I think they're in New York for a total of three days, I think. And they...
2: Never sleep at all. It seems like they might sleep on the train a little bit. A little. Yeah. The first
0: first night they were trying to sleep on the train and there
2: was another man um, jacking off. Aw. Yeah. Literally everything that happens in this movie, it seems like I have an experience with it. I don't have a terrible stepdad, but I do have a dad who made me think, oh, this is what men are like. Like, yeah, that's the interesting thing about fathers is that you sort of are getting an idea of like what men are like because your brothers aren't men; they're boys, they're kids, and so you're looking at your dad, and you're like, "I wonder what adult men are like." And there's this guy who's like, I don't know. My dad was extremely fat phobic, extremely homophobic. He he just couldn't help commenting on the size of a woman's breasts as if it was kind of like a character flaw, and he loved this joke that would be like he'd be describing some actress and he'd be like oh and you know she has big and he'd be making boob motions with his hands big and then he'd be like eyes wink wink <laughs> wink wink, wink. <laughs> I yeah like and he. so that's a good joke right 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 so yeah but like every experience in this movie Jesus. i was like this has happened to me like i totally Mm-hmm. Have just walked by a yeah. guy that was like waiting for me to pass him in the street while he was jerking off. And then when I passed him, was when he like came. Like the being Ooh. discovered jerking off was like what made him climax. Yeah. And this there was, was a guy in my gym class jerking off once in high ew. school. <laughs> yeah. It's just like every, I mean, and, and everything in this, like even just the discomfort of like, Oh shit, a man's watching me and he has this weird smile and like then you start trying to gauge like is he a like a white collar criminal checklist. is a he psychopath? a psychopath is he a
0: murderer is he a- Sure
2: and you're trying to figure out like what's his particular brand of insanity and yeah. how am I going to protect myself against that like once I was like running in Houston I was like just jogging around my neighborhood in Houston and this guy with two big handfuls of empty black trash bags just starts power walking after me and the black trash bags are streaming out behind him as oh he's just like charging after me and he followed me for like a mile but it was like the middle of the day and i was i was sticking to like a main street so i wasn't like terrified but i was like mm-hmm. what the fuck is happening like yeah so i don't know everything that happens in this movie was like honestly so triggering but i had my friend Kayla with me it was a great movie yeah I didn't even think,
1: again, just the the ignorance that my experience has has fed into, I didn't even think about how this movie could, it's just one big giant trigger, huh?
2: Yeah, Yeah, totally. I mean, the only thing that wasn't triggering was actual abortion, because I'm like, abortion felt like it saved my life because of how difficult it was to even just, like, stand upright or, like, how I couldn't eat for, like, a month or whatever. So the fact that, like, I had an abortion and the next day all of a sudden I can, like, lift myself up out of bed or I can, like, wash a dish or I can, like, eat a piece of apple, it was, like, a life-giving or life-returning activity. So really the only thing I wasn't triggered by was the abortion. I'm, like, good for her. Like, so, you know, really. But everything else about, like, family and men and just – Everything else was for sure. Yeah.
1: Another thing I thought about this movie is how have we not fixed the shittiness of adolescence yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everyone has a terrible adolescence. How is it not yeah. fixed?
0: I feel like it's got to be getting better. Just with, like, the even just the base level awareness of, like, some of the terrible things that we go through, it's a little more acceptable now to be emotionally unstable. And like, talk about that Mm -hmm. and seek help for Mm -hmm. that. That's right. Um, Yeah. And being queer, too, is Mm -hmm. a lot more talked about and accepted. Mm -hmm. Not that it's always, Mm -mm. but it is a lot more than Mm -hmm. it used to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's a huge thing, too.
2: I think Definitely. I mean, you know, when I was a young teen, I did not really have the internet like the internet wasn't oh, like ubiquitous internet. until the internet will save the kids. The internet will save the kids <laughs> and as you much know as what it hurts sometimes. the internet will save parents too because like what's happening now? I mean we well, I was raised by you know boomer parents and they were Boomer parents are bad, not all of them, but a lot of boomer parents are uh, sort of became parents before they really wanted to or were ready. Yeah, yeah. And they they found parenthood, you know, they didn't have the internet to have like parent support groups or like mommy chat rooms or whatever yeah. the fuck maybe is super helpful for like for instance even just mothers or, you know, uh, who like have infants and they just stay home with like a a little sack of flour all day that yeah. sucks their tit constantly and bites them sometimes. Like the <laughs> internet is helpful for combating isolation and ignorance mm-hmm. and our parents didn't really have it. But so I do wonder if being a teen is just going to be kind of better now that millennials and even probably some gen z people like our parents now and when i watch those parents you know i see on facebook my my friends who have kids and i see how thoughtful and amazing they are and i mean it's always like very heartening just like wow that's so great but it also makes me so sad because i'm like oh my god i wish i had been parented with empathy and respect yeah. and you yeah. know consent yeah, yeah. and all kinds of stuff
0: you know even not just to um like mommies seeking mommy groups or stuff like that but even just like And as much as being able to find out about different types of people who may not necessarily live in your bubble Mm -hmm. and what their experiences Mm -hmm. are like and then apply that to when you have a kid. Like I know people now who are raising their kids gender neutrally because Mm -hmm. they have seen how painful it was for trans people or non-binary people. To grow up in such a gender enforced place, uh, just by reading stuff on the internet, you know. So that's kind of cool. I don't know. Hell yeah! (laughs) How did we get here? (laughs) Uh, Oh, how have we not made it? How much adolescence sucks. (laughs) Yeah. So all right. So next thing, after the man jacks off, they get off the train. Uh. They go to an arcade and they play tic tac toe with the chicken.
1: This bothered me. Animal
0: abuse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Animal that's not abuse. vegan. What is this chicken doing in this box? What?
1: I well, am. Is not this real? Even. i not. Is this even a real like, game? I can't be. It can't be. You can't have a fucking animal in an arcade like that. It's
2: real. Hannah says she thinks it's real. I don't sure this is. this Eliza Hitman person is so committed to realism. I don't right. see her just making up a weird chicken game for fun like um so- after a quick googling it is real.
1: Boo. Hey, I don't know
0: if it's real exactly like how they show it in the movie, but I am seeing, you know, business trains 15 chickens to play <laughs> tic-tac-toe. Each chicken works for 2 hours a day. I'm glad they Two have like, labor shifts. limits. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's real, but it was odd.
1: What are we supposed to take from her losing to the chicken? Like what does that mean?
0: <laughs> Chickens are geniuses.
1: It just made me feel like feel even more like wow, your life just Are you sucks. smarter
0: than a chicken? <laughs>
1: <laughs> chicken out her.
0: So um, after the chicken scene, they make it to the second clinic. So she makes it through the uh, people praying outside, and that's when she finds out that it's going to be a two-day abortion procedure. So they'll have to stay there for two more days. And this is when we get the best scene in the movie. I listen- So I listened to all these interviews with them, and every interviewer brought up this scene because yeah, it's so... Yeah. It's the one, you know, it's so crazy. Um, so she sits down for like a questionnaire with a counselor.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, when I was watching it, I was struck by how real it felt. Definitely. And it turns out that the counselor is a real counselor. She works at the clinic. Oh, I
2: love it so much. This
0: counselor was actually helping with the research portion when the director was researching for the movie. And Mm. the director just loved her like vibe so much. She was like, "Will you actually just do this in the movie because I can't imagine actually casting anyone else. You just have such like a calm demeanor and stuff like that. And that was like what I noticed about her, just like the way she answered stuff like she was so soft and gentle she was like a real counselor because she is yeah totally yeah. autumn goes through this series of questions and this is where we get the titular scenario that she has to answer never rarely sometimes or always too and it's an 11 minute shot of just her face And it's so insane and so good. And another part that added to the realism of this scene is at least the first half of those questions about family history and all that kind of stuff. She was just told to answer her real answers. So that made it come out like a little more authentically, you know. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's a really cool like tactic or whatever, too. Yeah. After I saw that, because I mean, the movie title is like kind of a lot. You know, I get it. You hear that a movie's called Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always, and you're like, okay, that's bogus. I'm not watching it. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but after, when you find out why, I feel like then you're like, oh, okay, this oh, movie's I actually it... good now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I Because I didn't know what this movie was really about, I was like, my notes are kind of jokey at the start and I co- originally called it Sometimes Rarely, Never Sometimes because I couldn't remember, like... I, after i rented it i kept i just couldn't get the title right but after that scene like i'll never fucking forget it um yeah because it, you realize like how poignant it actually is it's the, so powerful uh, yeah
0: hannah's nodding too <laughs> sure <yeah>. i am <laughs> I mean, just, it's so crazy. Just the shot on her face. This was the first take that she did, by the way. Which I think is also incredible. And you just see, like, her face getting redder and redder. And then the tears start coming. And, oh my gosh, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it on my legs. Yeah. And then they get to the questions that are like, you know, has a partner ever forced themselves on you? Or, you know, kind of questions around sexual assault or rape. And... I mean, she's kind of, like, bawling at that point. She can barely even answer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it basically implies that she has been forced at some time, you know, and it's not really made clear if this pregnancy was due to that or what, because it's just kind of like, do you have a history of this? Yeah. But it's really intense and really good
1: she does she does so much with saying so little like her body yeah. like the way i mean the talk.
0: whole movie really yeah that can be said for it. there's there's barely any dialogue in this movie yeah her body it's all just about their yeah their bodies and their feelings and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it's really cool so this counselor when she was providing research to the director made mention of like the abortion is never the crisis it's what they're dealing with at home that Mm. is the crisis and because they do also kind of leave that ambiguous as to like you don't know if her child is the result of a rape or not no if somebody is really doing something to her if it's somebody still in her life like you just don't really know and um i think you know, what she was kind of going for there was that a woman's decision to have an abortion shouldn't be contingent on how she got the pregnancy. And that's something that we hear over and over in abortion narratives is like the first thing people say is like, oh, well, what if it's, you know, the result of a rape, which obviously you should be able to terminate that if you want, but you Mm -hmm. also should be able to terminate it if you just don't want a baby, like it shouldn't have to be because you were raped or something like that too you know people deserve health care no I,
1: I wholeheartedly agree you can't remove a person's autonomy you can't remove their fucking ability to choose. i mean like and that's what pro-lifers have been expertly doing for so long is is placing control on people's choice to be able to say look i i'd be a shit mom we'd all be better off if if i had this abortion and and speaking for them and and it this movie tr- should turn anyone who actually watches it pro choice, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say something about a conversation that I had with my brother. I have a couple brothers, and one of them was actually in seminary at the time when I was shooting my TV show, which was just like a totally accurate and like non fictionalized account of my abortion. yeah I didn't invent anything for the show so it was just my life and my brother who was in seminary as I mentioned DM'd me and was like I just like want to talk to you about this abortion stuff because like Mm -hmm. I'm you know not really for abortion and everything and I was like okay why not you know he was being kind respectful like
1: he was coming from a place of curiosity
2: yeah he was actually and what I realized was that he knew very little about what an abortion actually is or when it usually happens like I realized that what he was picturing was like actual baby murder and that he was thinking like this is what people like to do they just stay pregnant for eight months and then they partially birth this baby and they stab it for fun you know <laughs> yeah. like yeah. stab it in the chest yeah exactly <laughs> it's like what people think I also was kind of googling stuff like here's how much the fetus has or has not developed blah 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 and I found a lot of stuff about like you know most third trimester abortions are when the the fetus is not gonna live like Mm -hmm. or the mother wouldn't or or i shouldn't say the mother but the person who's you know gestating uh the fetus would not you know survive and so on and so i shared that with him and i think he actually found it illuminating but i think the thing that honestly made the biggest difference for him to hear was that i was like daniel Women will never have equal rights to men as long as someone can always tell us when we have to become a parent, mm-hmm. which is always a fucking huge life choice. And if you're a single person, if you're uh, an impoverished person, if you're you know a person who's in school, I mean, I know a lot of people who have had to quit jobs or drop out of school or you know, whatever, because it was like motherhood just had to take priority.
3: Yeah. And
2: yeah. I think that actually really got to him. I mean, it's not like he's all pro-abortion now or whatever, but I think that it really was something that he hadn't considered is that even though we try to legislate like, hey, you have to pay child support, people just don't mm-hmm. or, you know, men yeah. can men can always choose to abandon, but – You know, people with the pregnancy, it's in their body. They can't get away from it. They have to deal with it. And if there are laws saying, like, now you have no choice in the matter and you have to just, like, sort of live in service of you have to raise this kid for the next two decades. Even if you you
0: choose to give it up for
2: adoption,
0: like, we've all heard terrible stories (laughs) about, like, kids in foster homes or kids who are adopted and just have terrible times. And so it's like, okay, well, either I can keep my kid and ruin my life or give the kid away and possibly the kid gets abused or whatever. And then they have suffered so much and I did that, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's like lose, lose, lose.
2: And even, I mean, I'm like so obsessed with generational trauma because I have it. And. Mm -hmm. That's another like even if you keep your kid and you're not and you ruin your life. You could also like kind of be I mean my siblings mm-hmm. and I are still kind of trying to recover just from our childhoods and like yeah. being raised by people who didn't know how to love mm-hmm. and weren't kind, you know. Or when
0: you have a kid too young like my mom and then you resent them for your whole life. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. This- It's this core issue, especially it's, it's easy to suss it out with Christians Mm -hmm. because it really boils down to Christians believe that life is a gift from God. And if you, if that is your fucking belief that every birth is like a gift from God and it's just like, you, you can't apply that to everyone though. You know, not everyone's life is a fucking gift. Uh, yeah, that's and and right. once you're able to move beyond that childish thinking that that life is this beautiful thing that we're all granted and accept that life is fucking hard, suffering and misery, mm-hmm. then you are able to be like, yeah, I guess we should utilize abortion if we can, huh?
0: People in places of such privilege, you know, who have supportive families, who have money, who own houses and things like that. I'm not going to say all the time, but Mm -hmm. a lot of the time cannot understand how anyone could be living in poverty or cannot even fathom that someone might not have family support or couldn't
1: lift their own bootstraps. Yeah, that life fucking sucks. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, and even, you know, I was talking to my mom, who's a conservative Christian, and I told Mm -hmm. her, like, I'm pregnant and I'm going to have an abortion. And that's just what's up. And she was trying to convince me, you know, of course, to have the kid and give it up for adoption so I brought up all the stuff that Kayla's already mentioned about just like the horrors of foster care and then she was like well but your baby would never go into foster care because like everybody wants a white baby and like white babies are in such demand but like the guy who put sperm in me was not a white person so like it wouldn't have actually been a white baby (laughs) and she wasn't you know thinking about that and then also even though she raised all of us with very little money and we all just had weird bulls cuts and like she was still trying to tell me that it's not that expensive to raise a kid you know she was raising kids in the 80s and she wasn't even having a very easy time of it like we were just shopping in thrift stores
0: remember it the same Mm -hmm.
2: absolutely absolutely so yeah it also is a thing of like that even it doesn't even necessarily take a rich privileged person who had an easy life to like have this delusion that it's like no big deal, and you can you know do it, and like what's the problem? You know, just become a mom already. Like yeah. what's what's yeah. the problem, Hannah? You know?
0: Do your job, Hannah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Pop
1: one of them out already.
0: <laughs> um. So I thought also like something cool that the director sort of tried to address was that a lot of times when we do, I mean, people who get abortions in media, like on shows and movies, whatever. There's not that much representation in general. But when there is, the person getting the abortion is so often like portrayed as like a careless, you know, kind of reckless, um, irresponsible person. And Mm -hmm. um, these girls in the movie are anything but that, I would say. Like they are so responsible. They, you know, just have dumb part time jobs at a grocery store and still manage to like get money, get their own bus tickets, find these places in a city they're not familiar with, you mm-hmm. know, and take care of all of this without even letting their parents know they were gone. Basically,
1: it's it's insane. And I, I've noticed that this is an expi- something I've learned from working at, working at the shelter. It's insane how we gauge intelligence still based on like well can you do math good and read good and it's like <laughs> yeah. uh no but I can fucking make it on the streets and like I can like I've worked with 17 year olds who were making $5,000 a week selling drugs and it's like good on them like they are fucking making it it's you know I'm yeah. not trying to condone uh selling what they're selling <laughs> or anything but it's like
0: so drug dealers are cool especially teenage ones yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: But no, but they're not looking at that as a strength, potentially, as like...
0: Yeah, kids. that it takes a lot of knowledge to be able to accomplish these things and exactly. a lot of, like, presence of mind and, like, comprehension and stuff like that to be able to figure this stuff out, especially with no cell phone, as we saw in the movie. Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the cell phone that is always charged and only works, I guess, uh, in the bus station or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, but they're, they're so smart. They're fucking, yeah. they get to New York City on a bus, something I, was, I would have been terrified to do at 17.
0: Yeah. And they figure out like switching the buses and everything. Geniuses. Whoa, you know what? I just remember at a time when a boy approached me on a bus. Christ. Ah, how did this not come up earlier? I took a Greyhound in New York City, which I did a couple times because mm-hmm. one of my good friends used to live there. And I would go visit. And it's like a 20-hour bus ride with, like, five layovers. It was, like, a pretty sparsely attended bus. I mean, mm-hmm. it was not more than one person to a seat anywhere, and there was still multiple empty seats. And I woke up with a uh, boy, probably 20 years old or something, spooning me.
1: I'm yeah. sorry, he was what you?
0: Spooning. Ah! And I, like, threw his arm off me, and I was like, dude, what the fuck? And he was like, Oh, uh, uh, sorry, I, oh, I fell asleep and yeah. I don't know what I was doing, ha 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 ha, and it's like clearly sleep y- rapist, yeah, sleep rapist. There was like a layover not long <sighs> after that, and we got to the bus station, and you know everybody has to get off the bus, and he was like following me around the bus station, and then he, I like sat down, and I was like, what do you want, and he was like. Oh, uh I just wanted to say um I'm sorry cuz I was asleep earlier and I just didn't know what I was doing. It's like why were you even sitting in my seat? There was like so many open seats on this bus. Right. Uh, you know, well, first of all, was, why were
1: you even sitting in my seat? Uh, you know? Well, I was sleeping and I rolled back and to your seat.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I sleepwalked. Yeah. An entire Cheers, bus dude. length. Uh, anyway,
0: that's just crazy. Where are we yeah. in the damn movie here? We're oh, getting there, we're getting they gotta there. They got to
1: survive the night. Yeah.
0: They got to survive the night. What a great way to put it. So, they are out of money and you know, hungry and everything. So they end up calling that guy from the bus. <sighs> what a
1: they, calculated risk.
0: I mean, truly, like they're like we have no other options. The one girl's like we can't call our parents. No. She actually calls her mom one time and her mom's like, "Hello? Are you there?" And she's like, "Hey, mom. She's like, oh, where are you? And she just like hangs up the phone. <laughs>
1: Classic. Where,
0: what are the parents doing
2: here? <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: The parent—they barely <laughs> sweat the parents.
2: I know. I mean, honestly, Autumn's mom has her hands yeah. full with whatever the fuck is going on with that her stepdad husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't may wanna... or may not have like. I mean, like both Kayla and I were like. Thinking, oh my God, is he I thought the, the person same thing. who impregnated yeah. Autumn? Yep. Because he was so fucking nasty. Yeah, he was so he was just so he was creepy, very pervert. awful, creepy yeah. pervert. Like very derisive of her. And I just was like, uh, yeah, he just had like abuse. <sighs> that also or, like, added to like him. the
0: the stepdad energy because um, mm. bio dads, even ones that are horny for their kids. God, that is terrible. I'm sorry to talk about this. They're not as overt. They're not as overt in front of their kids, typically, and Mm -hmm. with everybody else in the room.
2: Mm -hmm, Except dads mm -hmm,
0: don't mm -hmm. have that same reservation.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because they're like, lucky for me, I don't have to worry about those incest taboos. I'm in the clear there. I can just like deal. I can just like be the upstanding guy who's like hitting on the. 17 year old who's the child of the woman that I sleep with regularly. Jesus Christ.
0: Anyway, Uh, this is gross. We can get away from this. Please. Um, (laughs) So they kind of, yeah, spend a whole romp with this man. So they go bowling, which um, costs $90. $90. Oh my god! I about puked when that happened. I, <laughs> I yelled. Have <laughs> these people ever been to a bowling alley? I, I was.
1: Know. I was like New York City prices, baby. <laughs> what the fuck? What is it normally
0: like? Four dollars an hour a lane or something? It has like tr-
2: truly been so long <laughs> since I've bowled. I. I have no idea. But no, I. I actually could believe it. I just, I could, I I could just rented a
0: bowling alley for a party of, like, 15 to 20 people, and it cost me $40. So Insane.
1: <laughs> I can go bowling for free on the IU campus.
0: Yeah, so that was wild. 90 freaking dollars. Oh, my God. And um, then she goes to the bathroom when they're at the bowling alley, and we get a little blood in the pad. Which we love to see. I. Somehow this has come up like <laughs> three episodes in a row or something.
1: <laughs> we love periods here, folks. We love um, periods. Even
0: though this is not, questionably not a
2: period, it was not. A, more of a miscarriage. Yeah. It's a I, day.
1: like, when this happened, big dumb boy over here was like, that's a good thing, right? Because that means she's not pregnant. Uh, and Lindsay was like, no, you can bleed for many reasons, you stupid. Ogre and like me on the head. Thank
0: God Lindsay was there.
3: Yeah,
1: no, I really needed her to hold my hand through watching this movie because I was like, Ah, yes, bloody a bloody pad means a period, which means no baby.
2: This is Um, the moment of triumph, right? Colin says, "Like, oh, this is where this just turns. This this, we're on our way to the happy ending." (laughs) Such a dope.
0: Then they do karaoke, which is like. God, it's so like sad. It is sad. Like Autumn is clearly like having stomach aches, and she's sad and tired, and like not feeling it. And then the guy is just like a horny bopping around, oblivious man. And then the other girl the is like, yeah, the friend is like, I guess uh, I'll she's sit like here. <laughs> she's like taking the
1: bullet for yeah. Autumn. I mean, by, yeah, like, basically hanging out with this dude and drinking beer with him and yeah letting every him part of it she's her. like
0: very reservedly agreeing to or hesitantly agreeing to yeah and then his hand on her leg yeah and then you're Not like cool. this isn't gonna go good no it's, she's gonna have to pay a price for this uh <sighs> this excursion and thankfully, that price was just some kissing.
1: I, when that, when it showed them making out, I was like, I feel like they just, uh, cut out what actually an older than 21 year old man would demand.
0: Even a younger than 21 year old man. Oh, without a doubt. I'm not trying to absolve <laughs> any age, but just
1: like, I'll pigeonhole men here. Yeah, fuck them. When, basically, the, the girls were like, we need, you know, we're short on cash, we need to get back, we need back to Philly. And he was like, yeah, we'll go downtown and stop at an ATM on the way. And I was yeah. just like, "I my mind immediately was like, oh, she's dead. The friend is dead. Yeah. Because the mindset of this movie, I, I, dead is an exaggeration, but the mindset of this movie is very much that like-
0: Worse than dead.
1: What rape. can fucking go right? <laughs> and I was so relieved at just kissing.
0: And by that point, you're already, you as a man have- Yeah. An awareness of the danger of other men in the movie. Totally. And in the real world, I guess. But it's been shown to you so many ways that you can't trust any man. So this is another man and you can't trust him. No. Yeah, when he was like really begging her to like go off alone with him, it was so like, you know, we got all tensed up. We got very tense. Yeah,
1: it's really fucking hard.
0: Yeah, and that's when uh, Autumn can't find the Like they're gone for a little while. Uh, she can't find them and doesn't have a self availability, <laughs> but finally does find them, you know, kissing on the pole or whatever mm-hmm. and gives a little supportive like, um, thanks for doing this for me, uh, hand holding, Ugh. which was so like sweet and heartbreaking and just everything at yeah. the same time. The relationship between the two girls in this movie, actually, we haven't even really mentioned it. But um, is so special. I think. Totally. It's so caring. Totally. Like, the cousin is just, wants to take care of her cousin and is, like, there with her and gonna do the stuff with her. And um, that was really sweet. And I'm glad yeah. that the girl had a person there to support her. Didn't have to do it alone.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine the, um, I, fuck, God, this is so depressing to think of. The amount of women out there or uterus having folks. Ha- who have had the pr- the positive test and then felt alone, not known, yeah. not had anyone to turn to. Uh, what a yeah. what a horrid situation. And yeah, it it really the movie does illuminate how helpful the cousin is to Autumn.
2: Yeah, I was just thinking like I love how action based the support is, and totally. that, you know they don't always really know what to say to each other. You can you know. You can tell, like, it's not like they've been raised in families where, like, there's a therapeutic approach to listening, for example. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not talking about feelings very much. Mm -hmm. They're not really talking much at all. have an
0: unspoken support.
2: Yeah, it is. And, like, you know. But
0: that can still be really crucial.
2: Dude, I would say maybe even more so because at the end of the day, like, what actually counts more? What you do or what comes out of your mouth? Like, Mm -hmm. there are all kinds of cliches. cliches like talk is cheap or blah 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 that's like yeah you can kind of say the right thing but so what if you don't like show up for the person you know and there was like that moment where autumn is feeling really pissy and skylar is trying to like ask questions like well how do you feel or like what do you think we should do about getting back to um home or whatever and Autumn's just kinda like, uh, why don't you fuck off? And yeah. <laughs> so and then Skylar goes away and I was, you know, nervous, like any time this is how palpable the unsafety of the world, you know, is in this movie is that any time mm-hmm. that the cousins are not literally like a foot away from each other, I'm like, oh no, something's bad gonna happen to them, like, mm-hmm. you know, just so worried for them and so then when they actually reconnect or whatever in the bathroom, and Skylar just like puts some under eye concealer on Autumn, and they don't really have a big talk about oh, "fuck, I'm sorry, I was just in a bad yeah. mood." Or she just gets it's yeah, it. like, yeah, yeah they yeah. just kind of understand, and they just kind of that are was really there. Nice. Yeah, yeah.
0: And especially like at a time. I mean, this girl is young; she's going through something really traumatic, like she herself might not even know how she feels or how to deal with that i mean at her age i mean oh my god so yeah sometimes there just aren't words anyway Mm -hmm. so just having that person there you know i know that i have the safety of this person with me and that's really all that you need Mm -hmm. and it's great without Mm a doubt yeah we're almost to the end so yeah she gets the abortion it's over and done with and they go to the Chinese bakery again and this last scene, I thought it was so funny because they have an absolutely um, unhinged line here but what I found out was this last scene was improvised um, oh. they're munching on a little um, sesame seed like butt of bread mm. and the one girl goes it looks like a bug and the other one goes yeah like a roly poly <laughs>
2: I don't even remember that exchange at <laughs> Tarot. It was
0: so insane. <laughs> like, what? This, it's a fucking, like, bun. What yeah. the fuck?
2: <laughs> You've never seen just, like, the end part of a loaf of bread? I think this was when I started talking I to you about like a garlic bun or bread. A pol- or a bug. Or a well, pol- no, it didn't. To me, it looked like, you know, just like a big loaf of crusty bread and you have, like, the yeah. butt of it. Like, that's why I started talking about garlic bread to you. Yeah. <laughs> Because it just looks like... We were like, dreaming of bread. <laughs> I was. Well, like, I don't know. My family used to shop at Kroger Anna's and there would be... it's gluten-free for I'm gluten-free. Yeah, so. Mm. so I have lots of dreams about why I just miss garlic bread. but I And mean, I thought, like, this is not, like, exotic New York bread this looks like what my mom got at like yeah. the Nashville Kroger She's for 99 cents. taking a into a
0: bread butt. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that looks like a quote roly poly. It doesn't though. <laughs> I'm so glad my brain just like did me the service of deleting that so I didn't have to be <laughs>
0: I wrote it down. I was like this is unhinged.
2: <laughs> but they also
0: in the scene have like some classic teen dialogue where totally. then the cousin is like well, how do you feel? Are you okay? And then the other girl's like, yeah, it's like whatever. You know? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yep. That Just I keep rocked. fucking gotta sink or swim, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then they go back on the bus and finally fall asleep and that's roll
2: creds. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Which, honestly, the falling asleep like meant something to me because one thing I have learned about maybe like having a little bit of PTSD or something mm-hmm. um, is that Uh, I realized I almost never wanted to close my eyes like around people that I always was just like looking around and like being like, who's in the room and where are the doors and, you know, how close is this person getting to me? Yeah, Yeah. hypervigilance. so I realized that like when you finally feel safe enough to just like close your eyes, even just around people, like I literally noticed it Mm -hmm. the first time that I was just hanging out with like a friend and i just like could close my eyes mm-hmm. i realized that that was like a big accomplishment in my like journey to healing quote unquote it was like wow i feel comfortable enough that even though it's like awake time with People walking around time, Mm -hmm. I like feel comfortable enough to just close my eyes with this person. And I think like let alone a fucking bus yeah. where, you know, so for me. These girls have
0: been through like so much Mm -hmm. and it's like finally this huge weight is off Mm -hmm. my shoulders Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, well, yeah, like at home, like all those problems are still there waiting for me. But I got this bus ride between here and there. Mm-hmm. I got this weight off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I got this one like moment of peace. Mm-hmm. And I'm just chilling. Ooh.
2: Yeah, that's totally yeah. how it read for me. So I was like, what a great ending. Cause it didn't even just seem like, oh, they're asleep. Now it was like, oh my God, they like have this brief reprieve from like everything else. And just being able to like rest is like one of the most amazing. Well, that's how I feel as an adult person is like when you can actually relax. Like wow, this is like a, a triumph. Totally, yeah. I it didn't like. I guess what I'm trying to say is like it didn't even feel like an underwhelming mumblecore ending of a movie to me. No, it it really felt like oh my god, yes, they need that shut eye so bad. That's so yeah. great that they're doing that now. Like I was really like happy for them. Yeah. Hell
0: yeah. Yeah. So we have rolled the creds. So um, we got to get into what will we rate this out of. Five, Colin. Do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, this five stars. Hell yeah! It's incredible. This movie fucking rocks.
2: Yeah, I agree, Hannah. Yeah, I think I'd give it five stars. You know, I think the only thing that would make me want to rate it higher, like it only goes mm-hmm. five. Well, I know, but see, in my <laughs> you mind, give I'm it really, a five I really, I kind of. No, I wanna. I'm like, I'm like tempted <laughs> to give it like, like, when like you a take poor point.
0: Classes in high school. Just <laughs> and say you four point five. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, I was kind of thinking more like the 4.95 just mm-hmm. because like I have seen music be able to p- push me so much over the fucking edge with like what a movie can do mm-hmm. to me. And so there were I, I loved the quietness of this movie. There I was love, no music in the whole right, movie. And right.
0: all of it. it so that made was, it feel a little more real. Mm -hmm.
2: Totally. No, it really did. I mean, I think it was great. I think I would say like (laughs) (laughs) 4.95. But I thought it was amazing. And um, actually, I told Kayla, I was like, this, if the sensibility of the film and the choices made, like, I also felt like, yeah, if I made a movie about abortion, it would Mm -hmm. probably be pretty much like this. Because there were so many things like, The quietness and the supportive female presence, but the total like unsafety of all men, and just really kind of uh, the way that the who the father is is Mm -hmm. like just really left out because that's Mm -hmm. not the point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like these are all choices that I actually made. When I was making my own show, like I decided, I mean, you know who the impregnator is in my show, but how it happened, why, how he feels about it is just like so not the issue. Like, Mm -hmm. and pretty much every male presence in my show is bad except for one character who is supportive but never really speaks. He's just Mm -hmm. like, he (laughs) comes with soup and an extra pregnancy test and he's the only like good male presence in the, it was weird how I just felt like the choices that she made feel like very intuitively like the choices that I would have made or did make in telling this kind of story Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i don't know it was weird sometimes it was almost not like watching a movie it was just like being reminded of like my own life or Mm -hmm. thinking about my friends or it was weird how as much as you can forget that you're like watching a movie and just kind of slip into like thinking about what life is I i don't know it was it was almost like so real it just felt like too really, being inside my brain, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was weird. It, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, but I absolutely loved it and would have been so interested in like what the reception would have been like if more people would have seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I would give
0: this, even though I had like two qualms with the flick, which was the cell phones and the luggage yeah Mm -hmm. and the last scene even though it was absolutely unhinged (laughs) uh i still wouldn't take any points off that i'm gonna say five stars because it was just too good yeah was too good and i mean gosh that main actor is just so incredible i mean everybody's incredible in this movie all of it is incredible the way it Mm -hmm. looks the people in it the story how it's told every choice that's made i mean it's perfect so five stars, baby. Now it's time for
1: Screen Bomb. Right,
0: so in this part of the podcast, we pop off about what else we've been watching. So, Ooh. um Colin, what have you been watching?
1: Still going through Real Housewives in New York and losing my damn mind.
0: Okay,
3: Those- okay.
1: I, I can't even fucking, okay, fucking Carol. Here's the fucking thing. They all have these little intros where it's like, where it's like, uh, they have like a saying in the, in the, in the, in in, uh, opening credits. It's like, yeah, diamonds are a best girl's best friend, but my best friend is money. Um, Carol's is, you can talk behind my ass, but while you're er, behind my back, but while you're back there, take a look at my fantastic ass. And she is a twig. She's teeny.
0: Girl's got no ass. I don't get it. You can talk behind my ass. Yeah, you can talk behind my ass. It'd be better
1: if she said you can talk behind my ass. Anyway, Carol's a phony. I'm pissed at her. I'm pissed at (laughs) Aviva. I'm pissed at Ramona. I'm pissed at Sonia. I'm pissed at them all right now. (laughs) <laughs> not having a good time watching it. What are you guys watching?
2: One thing that I've been watching, I've been watching a shit ton because guess what? It's COVID times. The show that really everyone in the world should watch right now has to come with kind of like a trigger warning because it triggered me very badly, but it's also the best thing I've seen on TV in mm-hmm. a very well since I watched Watchmen, which was great also uh so good but yeah it's called i may destroy you and it's um written i mentioned it a few episodes oh ago you did then. Mm-hmm. well then i don't I need watching. to talk about that one you can still talk about your well experience with it's it. just fucking great but the i would say the first i also two, said it was fucking great <laughs> yeah i love it so much it's so that lady michaela cole she's so smart the writing is incredible The acting's great. Just storytelling is wow, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. But, like, because it is about a sexual assault, and the first two episodes are like really about the assault and kind of the immediate fallout, that's kind of the bummer with this show is that I want everyone to watch it, but I also have to acknowledge that it could literally, you could really be fucked up. So, you, but be <laughs> you could also be fine. You could also be fine.
0: I have the potential to be triggered by those things, and I didn't feel triggered by those things. I thought their perspective was really cool.
2: Then on a lighter note, I just watched the second season of Glow Up, which mm-hmm. is all about makeup, and that's super oh, yeah. good. And always, I'll be like, oh, that's how you do a glitter list. Or like, oh, that's the best way to get a cut crease or whatever you can learn some shit. Yeah.
0: Um, I've been watching some teen TV, baby.
1: Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, you have. some queer
0: teen TV. So get ready for this pop off. Because I watched two shows and one of them really ticked me off and one of them was fine. So I watched I'll start with the one that ticked me off, Love Victor. Which is on Hulu, and it's the spin off TV show to the movie Love Simon. Mm. And um, I'll tell you, if there's one thing we need more representation of, it is cis gay men. Hello! Can I,
1: can I get more, <laughs> baby?
0: <laughs> but I have big issues with this show because it is a show that is created specifically for queer youth targeted towards queer youth and it is not a queer show okay <gasps> listen to me first of all it starts off the way the show starts is with Victor negging Simon from Love Simon via <laughs> Instagram DM and saying like you don't know how good you had it that you got to come out and then you know skip town and go be with a bunch of gay people while I'm stuck here in your old school and all this kind of stuff like, WTF, boy, that's weird. Okay, secondly, he lives in Atlanta, and they act like he lives in fucking deep south Mississippi. Like, Atlanta is a queer city. This kid in the show, he has to go to New York City to find another queer person. He fucking takes a bus to New York City. Sounds about right. Atlanta is such a queer city. It's practically not the south. Okay, that's crazy. Thirdly, he doesn't come out of the closet until the last second of the season. Uh, so I watched fucking 10 Literally. episodes of him dating a woman, okay? 10 episodes of him dating a woman. WTF, this is not a queer show. This is not a queer show, and I'm pissed about it. Uh. Um, so don't watch Love Fucking Victor. It's bad. Also, hold on. The uh, huge momentous thing, both the actor that plays Love Simon and the actor that plays Love Victor... Are straight men. They are straight. WTF.
2: Ooh. You couldn't
0: find one gay man. Are you freaking kidding me? Okay. <laughs> I hate this.
2: Yes. My commentary on that was like, um, especially if you're talking about actors, like, yeah. you're like, let's go into the acting community and see if we can find a gay teen. Oh, no. They, they don't like that kind they of stuff. They're all on there. The, they're in their 20s, by
0: the way. Also, <laughs> the women on the show are in their late 20s twenties and they look like it, okay, and they play <laughs> they play fifteen year olds, okay? They do not look fifteen.
2: Yeah, like they have that late twenties skinniness. <laughs>
0: they are fully formed women and there is no baby face about it, okay? <laughs> and it's all bogus, okay, the show sucks. Secondly <laughs> I watched this show Never Have I Ever on Netflix, uh, which is another teen show, but it centers around Uh, a group of three girls who are best friends none of them are white which is kind of cool the main girl's indian and um i don't know the premise is kind of like just dumb teen show i mean the main girl wants them all to be cool so she decides they're all gonna get boyfriends but one of the girls is gay and she comes out pretty quickly and she always presents as queer either way Mm -hmm. and um i would say It's kind of just a dumb teen romp. It's fine. But then you get to thinking, why are teen shows so involved with the only thing these teens care about is dating? Their lives are meaningless unless they're dating. And that makes me sad. And I wish the teen TV wasn't so like, you're useless unless you're dating. And then once they do start dating someone, it's like, we've been dating for one week. We're in love forever. We're getting married. What, you don't see your future with me next year (laughs) or something like that? Yeah. Why does it gotta be so damn heavy, you know? Okay, no, so I think that these true. narratives are harmful to teens, in my opinion. Teach Without them that there's something else going on. You know what I mean? There was so much going on in my teen life. I'm making my teen life into a show next. <laughs> uh they wouldn't they <laughs> they are too scared to see what my teen life was like <laughs> on TV. <laughs> Chickens could never um okay so that's what i've been watching sorry i had to pop off after this long ep but uh hopefully i brought a little pop to the end of the ep we're wiped from the long ep but we appreciate the listeners listening to all of us pop the damn off (laughs) (laughs) it's getting late here in uh recording town um so we wanted uh hannah do you, you have plugs
2: well yeah, so I really want everyone to watch my TV show and the good thing about it is that it's like there are webisodes, so like maybe the shortest episode is like five minutes and the longest one is like twelve minutes or something. Basically you can watch the entire season of Choose Me an Abortion Story within an hour. Hell and yeah. you basically go to O T V. We are O dot. TV. Thank Ooh. you Kayla. That is what just really everyone needs to know. And I think that so basically you can pay like 19.99 and get like a year subscription to all of their content, which by the way is super queer and super intersectional like it's a a nonprofit Television Mm -hmm. channel online, and it's like for people with, you know, various marginalized identities. So there's a lot of queer content. Most of the creators are people of color. Um, OTV is mostly led by people of color and queer people. Um, and there's also like disability representation in uh, some of the shows I've seen. There's witchcraft representation in one of the shows I watched. It's just like interesting shit that I yeah. could not imagine anywhere else. So you pay 19.99, you get a whole year of that. But you also can do a free trial because I literally want. I want to make sure everyone understands. You don't have to pay money to see this show. You can do like a week free trial, and as I mentioned, like watch the show in like an hour. Yeah, yeah. I guess that is my fucking I'm excited plug. To watch this. Let me know what you think, dude. For
0: sure. Can people buy your book somewhere?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean. Unfortunately, one of the easiest ways to buy it is on Amazon, so I don't recommend that. But my book is out with a publisher called Fence Books in upstate New York, actually. I think they're in Albany. And um, you can just go to their website and you can order my book directly from them, Baller. A Small Press. So Fence books and my book is called your invitation to a modest breakfast i think those are my two okay
0: so yeah
2: so thanks so much
0: hannah for being with us um we want to plug our social media of course instagram twitter facebook letterbox subscribe on your podcast app we are at screen vomit one word on everything there is you can also send us an email at screen vomit at gmail.com tweet us with your thoughts on this movie or other movies um just come hang with us follow us on instagram we're cool and thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time okay bye bye